Yeah, wonderful to be here and see all your faces. It's um, yeah, nice to be amongst friends and people I haven't seen in a long time and old friends. It's great to have you all here. And I'm really excited about sharing with you on this topic. Um, it's not maybe a topic we've, uh, we tackle or hear a lot about, preach from the um, pulpit, um, but it's something that is in the Word of God. And if it's in the Word of God, we should really uh, investigate it and look into it. Um, so if people who are joining us just today and who haven't been coming along the last few weeks, and I'll put my hand up as one of those people. Uh, I've watched a couple of the sermons online, but we're going through a series at the moment on spiritual disciplines. And um, in Matthew, there's three spiritual disciplines, Matthew chapter 5, that um, Jesus goes through. And they are um, prayer, giving, and fasting. And we've heard on prayer and giving uh, or charitable deeds by Matthew and Elizabeth. And I'm tackling fasting today. So I just want to read the sort of overarching scripture for today's series. And look at the clock so I know where I am. Yep. So 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25 says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise I fear that after preaching to others, I might myself be disqualified. So this is Paul the Apostle who um, is writing to the Corinthian church and he's talking about discipline. And this idea that we need a person who wants to obtain a prize or is working towards a goal, they need to train their bodies, they need to be disciplined. And in another version, it actually says, in verse 27, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So this sort of language is very, it's very... Uh, like it's, it's, it's not something, uh, you, you, it's, it's a very visceral kind of, um, discipline is something that's like, it requires focus, it requires a lot of attention, it requires diligence. And if you look at athletes, if you look at, um, you know, we've got the Olympics on later this year, you'll see people have trained for four years, every single day they're thinking about that goal, they're thinking about... I'm going to be working towards this Olympics and they're training and thinking about it. So Paul's using this example for us as believers, as Christians, as followers and disciples of Jesus, that we would consider ourselves as disciples and as athletes in the same way, but with, in a sense, of training ourselves in a spiritual context. So training our spiritual selves to be more like Jesus. So, uh, as I said, fasting isn't a spiritual discipline maybe that's spoken a lot about, but I would um, just encourage everyone to have an open heart to hear today from the Word and from what I've got to share. Um, 
it might be subject that you think, well, that seems way too hard. Why would I want to not, why would, why would I want to fast? Like, that seems just too hard for me. It doesn't make sense to me. Or maybe you've had teaching on it previously and someone's told you it's not for today. Um, I, interestingly, in my research on fasting, I read that fasting is mentioned more times in the Bible than baptism. So there's an interesting fact. If we, uh, going back to the three disciplines that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 5, and you can read it. Sorry, it's Matthew 6, I should correct myself. Those three disciplines. Each of them he goes through and gives a warning. He says, don't do these disciplines to be seen by other people. Don't do them to be seen to be a, a spiritual person or to be like a, a, a special person or to get favour from other people. But he also has a promise that's carried with each of these disciplines. And that promise is that there will be a reward if you carry them out. So one, he makes the emphasis that it's a private discipline, that it's between you and God, whether you're praying, whether you're giving, whether you're fasting, it's between you and God. And if you do it, you're going to get rewarded and rewarded openly. So private discipline brings open reward. I think that's pretty encouraging and worth thinking about. When I thought about these three disciplines, it made me think of that proverb that says a threefold cord is not easily broken. And I like think that perhaps if we keep if as a Christian, as a believer and follower of Christ, if you are doing these disciplines regularly, or if you're doing them, you know, as part of your Christian life, I believe that you will be a strong in your faith. You'll be a strong believer, you'll be growing. And that threefold cord makes it not easily broken, so you won't easily fall away either. I think a great example of that in Scripture is Cornelius. Cornelius was a man from Caesarea, I believe, and you can read about him in Acts 10, so that's your homework is to read Acts 10. But basically, I'm going to summarise the story. He was a devout man. He, he gave alms to the poor. He was charitable. He prayed regularly. And also, he fasted. And it was during a time of prayer and fasting that God actually spoke to him to get to Peter the Apostle um, basically, long story short, Peter the Apostle came and visited him through a series of miraculous circumstances and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he came to a faith in Jesus Christ and he was saved. And that was a wonderful example of an individual who practiced these disciplines and he was rewarded greatly for it. So read that story in Acts 10. So let's start with the basics. That's my introduction. What is fasting? So what is it? It's basically abstaining from food for a time for a spiritual purpose. 
abstaining from food for a time for a spiritual purpose. We will explore a few of those purposes or those benefits or reasons to fast today, but I'm not going to be able to cover all of them because there's way too many to cover in one sermon. Generally, fasting is just abstaining from food. That's probably a traditional fast. And obviously drinking water as well at the, um, to sustain yourself. Um, you know, we've, fasting can be for a period of time, as I said, there's no um, prescribed time is in a sense that um, is taught to fast, but there is examples of, in scripture of people fasting for different periods of time, you know, anywhere from um, a day, three days, 21 days, up to 40 days in the case of Moses and Jesus. So there's also, interestingly, a couple of other fasts. There's a, Dan, there's a fast that Daniel did where he didn't partake in the, the sweet um, delicacies of the king of um, Babylon. He basically decided to only eat vegetables and I think pulp, and that um, was a, yeah, a specific fast that he did in that time. There's also a fast of Esther where she didn't have food or water for a period of three days, and she was basically interceding for her people who were um, under grave danger of being eliminated or wiped out. Um, and so she got all the people, her people, the Jewish people, um, she was to have no food and water for three days before she um, basically pleaded for mercy from, um, I think it was the king, to, to pardon um, this, this decree that had been made to, to, to wipe out their people. So, yeah, different examples of different fasts in the scriptures. Unfortunately, I can't go into all of them in detail today, but... I'm going to try and um, emphasise today, in today's sermon, the benefits of fasting. So hopefully you can um, be encouraged and um, prayerfully consider doing it for yourself and practising this discipline. So it's also probably worth looking at what fasting is not. So we've got what is fasting, what isn't, what is not fasting. The fasting is not a hunger strike. It is not a way of getting God to get him to do something. So you can't twist God's arm and say, look, I'm fasting God. I deserve you to answer my prayer or meet this need or um, etc. You know, it's, that's a, you know, we have to be careful we don't fall into a legalistic mindset but remember that everything received by God is through grace and we've been singing about that and hearing from Jordan as well about that today. Uh, so we can't earn God's favour. Secondly, what is fasting not? It's not um, turning off your social media for a period of time. Um, that's great if you decide to do that or if you decide to, I don't know, not watch TV for a period of time, look, 
that's great if you do, God leads you to do that, but that's not fasting in the sense of the scriptural um, definition, just so that's clear. Um, the other thing, fasting is not just for a chosen few people who are super spiritual or extremists or those in leadership. It's, fasting is never described as in the biblical context as being for just a select few. In fact, when we read um, Matthew 6, and Thomas read it out earlier, Jesus said, when you fast, and he used those words the same for giving, he did use those words the same for prayer. So when you fast indicates that Jesus um, was teaching that it was just as much a part of a Christian believer, a follower or a disciple of Christ to be practicing this discipline as others. So I guess a bit of a personal testimony from a young age. I grew up in a church that had, I guess, fasting as part of their, uh, one of the disciplines they did and it was probably once or twice a year. There would be a, a prayer and fast and it would be normally sort of from Friday through to Sunday and it would be break, broken on a Sunday with a shared meal together as a church. Um, children were encouraged to participate in this as well. So wasn't just for adults and I remember as a teenager um, you know I have some vivid memories of kind of like struggling to to not eat <laughs> for a period of time um, and yeah I suppose yeah this kind of normalized fasting for me from when I was young um, and you might think well that's fine if you're young, but what if you're, you know, a little bit uh, older in years, shall I say? Uh, well, let's look at an example in Scripture. There was Anna the prophetess who uh, was waiting on the Messiah, and she was in the temple, and it says about her that she served God with fasting and prayers night and day, and she was 84 years of age, so... Fasting can be from, for young people, for old people, and everywhere in between. And, um, yeah, so fasting is, is, a, is a spiritual discipline that everyone can engage in. Let's look at some purposes for fasting. So I just want to look at purpose number one, dethroning king's stomach. That comes from a book that, on fasting by this guy. Jenderson Franklin, if you want to read it, come see me afterwards and I'll lend it to you. But this idea of dethroning King's stomach um, is basically the idea that the stomach or our appetites, our desire to be fed, to be filled in a physical sense, is a, it's a, it's a dominating feeling and sensation that can rule our minds and will and emotions. Uh, the, it's very much our, our carnal, fleshly nature and our fleshly body that has that need that's to satisfy. In Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, he says that um, there are many whose conduct shows that they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. 
their God is their appetite. That's from verse 19. So there's, there is a uh, trap that people can get in that where that they actually, food becomes so consuming to them and they desire it so much that it, they begin to worship it and becomes all-consuming. And of course, any sort of sin leads to slavery, bondage and brokenness. Whereas examples of people who fell or went into error because of king's stomach, if you like. Let's look at Esau as an example. So a bit of Esau was a, um, a man who was given a birthright by God and that all the blessings would flow through his lineage. And he was a man who um, basically was a hunter, I believe, and Jacob, his brother, was quite crafty and, and deceived him one day and said, look, he came back from the field, he was really famished, really hungry, and he put a proposition to him, you know, I'll give you this bowl of lentils, and, but you have to give me your birthright. And so Esau despised his birthright, it says in the scripture, and he actually took, exchanged a bowl of food for this birthright which gave him all these blessings and promises. So that's an example of, of someone um, submitting to their stomach. But then another example, probably the most significant one in scripture is right in Genesis and we read about Eve who saw that this, 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 this apple, this tree that was good, good for food, she saw it and it was good for food and God had specifically said to Eve, don't partake in this fruit for on the day you eat of it you'll surely die. And we know the story, most of us, that the serpent, the devil, he deceived her and said, you'll not surely die. And she took of this fruit and um, talks about First John, that the lust of the eyes, um, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, these three things which uh, is part of our, the sinful nature that we've inherited through the fall, that uh, we have to overcome these, <coughs> these things. We have to overcome the stomach and its desires. So through, through fasting we are partaking, if you like, of spiritual food. You know, we've got the Word of God and Je um, Jordan mentioned we're feasting on the Word today. You know, we've got the Word of God when we, um, which we can read and, and Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And he actually said, the flesh profits nothing. So everything that is eternal can be found in the spirit, in, our, in the spirit of God that's been given to us and in the word because God's word will never fail. So if we're feeding on the word of God, we're feeding our spirit man, we're feeding our eternal beings if you like and we are um, submitting our bodies to God. Um, and by doing that we're actually giving 
the place of the Holy Spirit, number one. You know, making him number one and allowing him to speak and direct and guide our lives and our decisions uh, rather than our natural carnal natures and our flesh which seeks to satisfy those lusts I was talking about before. Denying ourself or denying yourself is a principle as a Christian that's like I believe one of the foundational principles of growth as a Christian. Like Jesus said that if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And fasting is a way of denying your, yourself in a sense of your flesh, your carnal nature, and seeking God, seeking satisfaction in God, and being fed by him. bit of a personal testimony. So I was a few years back, probably six, five, six years ago, I was going down to Margate, to a prayer and fast to start the year with some friends and I'm going down the southern outlet and um, this object fell off our car and we're like, oh, what was that? And suddenly we realised <laughs> Louise's phone had smashed on the ground 100 kilometres an hour, obviously it was destroyed. Uh, but uh, we got recovered the phone but afterwards like, I was like quite okay with that. <laughs> Like probably in other circumstances, I might have been quite annoyed or you know frustrated that you know she'd left this phone on the car, which was you know, an oversight of hers. But yeah, it didn't seem to bother me very much. So I guess going back to the flesh, um, you know, the the flesh or our carnal natures is the same nature that results in you know anger in. Um, being offended, all these things, they're works of the flesh. You can read about them in Galatians. So just to continue the story a bit, um, yeah, following that time of prayer and, and worship and fasting, and I felt this sense of lightness in my head and mind that I've never ever felt like that before. And it's like, it's hard to describe, but it's like, it's like you're bit like weightless in your head and it's just that God cleanses us through fasting. He clears out any sort of thoughts or um, fears or worries or whatever it is that is weighing us down. You know, and Paul talks about lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Fasting is a beautiful way of removing those things and cleansing us and sanctifying us um, and allowing us just to focus in on God. Uh, another um, purpose for fasting, it increases our sensitivity to hear from God. So if you need direction in your life or you're unsure what path to take, then fasting can help. Our thinking can become cluttered with our day-to-day -day routines, plans, problems and chores and all sorts of things. And sometimes we can opt to settle for what is good rather than what is God's best. And so fasting can help us really discern the will of God and to get clarity and direction from him. And a friend of mine was recently seeking God about his work situation and prayed and fasted to receive direction from the Lord. And he was given two, two job opportunities and... Um, what I really 
respected and admired about how he approached this situation was that he didn't just go for the path that seemed most attractive to his flesh or you know that looked the most appealing on the outside but he looked he actually went to God about it and prayed and fasted for God's will which is a good example um, again we've got another example from scripture when Paul and Barnabas were set apart for the work which they were called to to preach the gospel and that was when they were doing a time of prayer and fasting the Holy Spirit spoke to them so again there's direction there for if we need it from God um, yeah another testimony uh, I'd like to share is just about fasting and prayer bring breakthrough and provision so uh, a few years ago I was praying regularly once with a brother in Christ down at St David's Cathedral um, so we were praying for a specific purpose and that was for a job for him seems to be a bit of a theme going um, and we would go I would go in my lunch break so I'd walk from work to St David's Cathedral and we'd pray for a sort of an hour or so and you know fasting created the space for me to be able to pray because if I was eating I wouldn't have as much time but the, the real um, the real benefit I suppose was that after two to three months of praying I can't remember how long it was but um, this particular person's prayers were answered and and quite quite amazingly how God provided for him this job and so I just want to encourage you again fasting is a private discipline that brings public reward and God lifts up and brings grace to those that humble themselves again I'm going to go to purpose number four quickly um, fasting and prayer increases our focus and hunger for God um, and I just want to read Matthew 5 verse 6 Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you feeling spiritually flat or dry? Do you feel empty or like you're cruising through life without direction? Do you, years go by without seeing personal growth or fruit? Do you have sin in your life that you can't seem to break? Do you feel so busy that you can't seem to make time to spend God with God? Do you want the power of God to manifest in your life? Fasting and prayer is a discipline that can help with all of these. So, again, I don't have time to go through all, all examples, but I can attest to this myself in terms of sin, um, I've seen God, you know, change me through fasting and prayer. Um, yeah, and I really want to just emphasise that if we want to grow this year, if we want to grow in our faith, if we want to grow as Christians, it starts with being hungry for God. That's really so important, so key to growth. Um, and it's not complicated, it's really simple, um, Basically, if, if you are full in the sense that you think you've got your, you know, if you're full, if you're content in your spiritual life, why would you 
be hungering for more? Why would you want to receive more? You wouldn't. You would be content. Um, so the, the idea that we are fostering, we're developing a hunger for God is so that we can receive more from him, that we can position ourselves and say, Lord, I want to be changed. I want to be like you, Jesus. There's not one person on this earth that God can't work in. There's not one person that God doesn't want to mould and shape into the image of Christ because we're all still growing up into the fullness of Christ. So that's my encouragement is for you to say, this year I'm going to develop, foster, cultivate a hunger and desire for God. A good example is the Canaanite woman who had the demon-possessed daughter. And Jesus said to her, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She could have been offended by that statement, but she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. You know, she was willing to just get that little crumb from Jesus. That's how, that's, that's how hungry she was to receive from him. Uh, and again, the Pharisees, they didn't want to be around Jesus because they were full. They had everything they needed. So in terms of sort of almost out of time, there's lots of things I could go into about practically about fasting and how to go about it. Um, yeah, I'd just say um, drink lots of water. That's probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, if you're going to be fasting, you know, don't go and turn the TV on and just sort of feed your flesh. Like, be, be diligent and actually spend time with God in the Word, prayer, put some worship music on. You know, do whatever you feel led to do, but don't make it, make, make that time productive in seeking God. Um, and if you have medical issues and you're not sure, you know, whether fasting is okay, you know, speak to your GP or talk to someone. But, you know, for most people, they'll, they'll, you'll be fine to fast. Um, and maybe start small and then, you know, skip a meal. And if you've done that, maybe do a longer fast. And it is, it is hard. It, you will experience hard challenging times and you'll get tried you'll try to be dissuaded from doing it so be prepared for attacks from the enemy from the flesh who will try and dissuade you from wanting to do this uh, this discipline so be prepared for that and stay strong and go into the fast with faith you know that's the key to everything in the Christian life faith God will bring the grace and enable you to do it you just have to take that step of faith so let's summarise again. So Christian life is a disciplined life. Fasting is a spiritual discipline for all believers. Abstaining for, it is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Four purposes, dethroning king's stomach and the flesh, hearing from God, getting direction from him, receiving breakthrough and provision, and developing and fostering spiritual hunger. So that's... Uh, my sermon. Let's uh, pray now. Father God, thank you that we have such a great example in Jesus who um, 
yeah, did not um, seek his own uh, will, but he sought yours, God. He said, not my will, but yours be done. So, Father, I just pray that uh, this, this word, this encouragement this morning would speak to our hearts, that we would also be encouraged to follow in the footsteps of Jesus as he denied himself, as he denied the pleasures and lusts of the flesh. He sought to do your will, God. He sought to be in your presence, to pray with you regularly and just to um, be obedient to you, God. So, Father, I just pray that we would desire to know you deeper, that we would desire to um, receive from you, that we'd be desire to be changed into your likeness, Jesus. This hunger would just dwell up in us. And I pray, Lord, we would just begin to take steps of faith towards doing this and, and carrying out these three disciplines of giving, prayer and fasting. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.